Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business... New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch, the show about New Orleans business, coming to you from the lunchtime head office of New Orleans business, Commander's Palace Restaurant here in the Garden District. Over the last couple of years, we've heard a lot about young people choosing to move to New Orleans to start up businesses. Various studies tell us we're one of the most popular destinations for postgrads to move to, and voices of authority like the Wall Street Journal and Forbes regularly write pieces about us as a new business mecca. One of my favorites is that Inc. Magazine called us the coolest startup city. Unless you own a tattoo shop, live in the Marigny, or hang out at Idea Village, you might be wondering who are these young people who are flooding here as part of what we call the brain game. Today I'd like to introduce you to two members of the New Orleans brain game business community, Marianne Rodriguez and Chris Boyd. Marianne, Chris, welcomed out to lunch. Thank you. It is great. We've been looking forward to this particular show. Marianne is a fashion designer and illustrator whose new venture is called Marquette Nola. And Chris builds apps for mobile devices under his company name, Aptitude. Chris, you're a great example of both sides of New Orleans business, the old and the new world. You grew up in Louisiana and, like most people just a few years back, had to leave here to get anywhere in business. Then things changed. Now New Orleans is a place for people to move to to start up a business. And as part of this new wave, you move back. Both you and Marianne were courted by a business outreach group called NOLA Bound. It was a project of the Idea Village, GNO Inc., and the Downtown Development District. What did you hear or see that uh, made you really decide to move back, that really that tipped the balance? Because if I'm not wrong, Chris, you originally planned to go to New York City at this point. Right. I was in the process of moving to New York. I was looking for apartments in Brooklyn. Uh, I was working for a publishing company named Hearst in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, spending about half my month there, half my month in Houston. And I was looking to uh, move somewhere where I could look at the idea of starting a business. But it was kind of with the idea that if I moved to Brooklyn, I would do it over the course of the next two to five years. And uh, with NOLA Bound, what I learned was not only had the whole landscape of business in Louisiana changed, um, it would be kind of a dumb move not to do it right now. The timing, the alignment, um, just everything had kind of aligned to, to where not forming a business in New Orleans and doing it at this moment in time would be a mistake. Uh, I had kind of thought it would take about 10 years for New Orleans to kind of be at the position that it is right now. And so just through Nolabound, meeting everybody, we had so many questions and all those questions kind of pointed to this is the time. This and is before Nolabound brought you here, Chris, I mean, did you know much about... Uh, uh, the revolution in, in the business here? I had, I had emailed a few people like Chris Schultz from Launchpad and I had talked to uh, Zach Kupperman from Silicon Bayou and I had just kind of, you know, talked to them about what's going on and kind of gotten their thoughts. I was here for Voodoo Fest in uh, October 2010 and I was really kind of interested in what was going on but I didn't have a lot of answers from people that could answer, you know, if I started a business here, would it be sustainable? 
and we met enough people in the, the business community here that, you know, when you hear that answer, yes, 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 over and over again, it becomes legitimate enough to where you, you really start to, to understand, yeah, the answer is yes. You can start a business here. It's not like, you know, when I left in 2003, you had to be in like hospitality, tourism. You know, if you wanted to do some, something in a business, some sort of enterprise, it had to be in one of those areas, maybe oil and gas. But now it's pretty much wide open and, you know, coming up with an idea for a startup, a company, doing it here, there's just such a, a community that kind of opens up to you. It's uh, really, really great. Well, you know, one of the things, and I'm not, I'm not that tech savvy, but I've seen a lot of your work, my own students have bragged about you as being the man in, well, in town. <laughs> one of the <laughs> things that gets me when I look at some of the things you've done, it's very beautiful visually. Uh, and, you know, I'm not, nothing against, you know, tech kind of people, but a lot of times they, that part is an afterthought. And all I could think of when I saw your stuff was I had read that Steve Jobs biography where he had taken a calligraphy course at Reed and it changed it. What is it that, that caught you onto this part? Well, originally, you know, when I was 14, I was a musician. I was in like a punk band and I was creative and I, I had, you know, all these interests. Originally, I went to college, I wanted to be a journalist. And when the web came about, I was always really good at computers, but I wasn't, I didn't think I wanted to do a career in that. And when the web kind of really started to take form and uh, the dot-com boom and, and that sort of thing, the first wave of this web entrepreneurship, that really caught my eye and I really started to, to get excited about that. So during college, I worked for all these web firms and I focused on design and coding, and I kind of cut my teeth on both. Um, I, I'm as good in Photoshop as I am in Xcode. So uh, I think having a creative background and during college kind of focusing on both channels really helped me in that area. And that's helped me in my career, being able to do design and development, and it's helped with aptitude because we set ourselves apart by being able to do both. And the apps, like you mentioned, we like to think are beautiful and is as aesthetically pleasing as they are uh, high performers. Speaking of beautiful, Marianne, you are the uh, one of the most fascinating young business people who have uh, ever moved here. You lived in West Africa, Senegal, England, Guatemala, Philippines, and Rhode Island. Uh, that's uh, this looks like one of those SAT questions. You know, which places, unlike the others, uh, they, uh, <laughs> as a fashion designer and illustrator, I would imagine you were looking for a place to live that was both creatively inspirational and able to sustain your business. We we definitely have creatively inspirational covered here, but what what is it about Nola? When Nola Bound brought you here to visit, what did you see that convinced you about the New Orleans business environment? And have those impressions turned out to be true? Um, well, what happened was I was actually based in Manhattan. I had been working in New York um, in public relations. And the reason why I left New York was after school, returning to school, I felt like there was an oversaturation in the fashion industry there. Um, you know, I was worried about, I was struggling between um, putting myself out there as an independent uh, designer or as a creative artist um, and or taking on a job that was more mass market and, and having my creative vision shadowed. So coming to New Orleans totally opened that up for me and because the fashion industry here is um, on its way, it's just emerging, it's growing and there is a lot of talent here. I found that um, what it was that I was doing was people were, were paying attention, people were supporting it and people were interested and I felt that um, as an individual I was uh, more appreciated and, and valued. So. Now tell me, it's, you have it's such a fascinating story because uh, the clothing 
Uh, the clothing is actually what is made in all in Kenya. Is that is that right? Yes, um, that project actually came um, out of um, me graduating from uh, design school. Um, went to F FIT in, in I went New to York FIT yep. in New York. Yeah, um, I went on. It was a personal hiatus, really. I didn't want to uh, enter the job market right away. I didn't want to work for a big company, and so I thought. Um, let me go ahead and see, uh, take on this project to see what it is I'm capable of doing. And with my parents in, um, you know, working for the UN, they've always tried to encourage me um, to do something that was, you know, of service to others. And so I wanted to fuse that with my fashion design background. Um, and so I went to Kenya, I did a fundraiser. Um, I raised all of these professional materials for a women's collective in Kibera, um, the second largest slum in East Africa. And then I spent the summer there tra uh, training them in fashion design. And in turn, they helped me build this collection. It was a capsule collection, which was sold in New York. And also, I did a few trunk shows here in New Orleans, which received great response. Wow. Now, as a, as a child, you were, because of your, your folks and everything, you were kind of a nomad, right? I mean, did you live in a lot of different places? Yeah, very nomadic. Um, not by choice. Uh, initially, it was very difficult. Like when people ask for your transcript, it takes months? It takes months. Um, <laughs> and I don't even know. You know, some people will ask, like, where are you from? And... It's hard to answer that question because, because I... Because people think you're wanted by the law when you can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really hard to answer that question. But, and that's the thing about New Orleans is I do feel like it's home. There's something about the tropical climate that reminds me of the Philippines where I'm originally from. Um, and then there's the warmth of the community here, which is, you know, comforting. And that I, that I hadn't found in other places that I'd lived in, especially in New York, you know. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I love it here. Well, Chris, this is... While she was traveling the the world, uh, learning about all these different cultures. You were uh, on the West Coast being a roadie for Cheap Trick, Natalie Merchant, and Ringo Starr. You might not have crossed paths before this, before Nola Bound. They, uh, what's Ringo like? That's I can't take it anymore, Chris. Ringo is uh, a very interesting customer. He <laughs> demanded an organic carrot cake, and this was in 2000, when even in Northern California, organic carrot cakes were a little hard to find, so the runners had, had a job with that. So... I would love it if the story ended right there where you became the largest organic carrot cake maker in the country. <laughs> the, uh, you know, to have, the bo have both of you move to New Orleans, you know, I mean, first of all, it's, we're, we're the luckiest place on the planet. I, I noticed there's kind of two groups. There's groups, there are folks that just come to New Orleans for, under programs like Nola Bound, which was such a success. And then the other thing that the re region seems to be very good at is attracting... Um, expats that used to be from New Orleans and, and came came on back. There, this is the time we, we, we like to call the checklist. It's the part of the show where there's a little break and we ask you a couple of questions you probably wouldn't find on a, on a loan application. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, Chris. Worst day ever at work? Oh, wow. Um, that would be when I was at WordPress and I submitted uh, a version of the app that had a few bugs and uh, within hours of it being submitted and approved by Apple, uh, I had about a million users um, emailing and tweeting and calling and, and all sorts of things, and it was just kind of this torrent of unhappy users. Oh. And, uh, you know, with WordPress, you know, it's such a huge community, so when you mess something up, you hear about it. Um, you do get so feedback immediately. That must Absolutely. be a nice part. Yes, they, but you know, you're reading these app store reviews, and every app developer reads the reviews religiously. You, you see all these kind of one star reviews, and you're like, oh, it breaks your heart. But you learn from that. You learn you have to kind of test and test and retest, and that's become a really great foundation for me. Is, is before I submit anything, it's been through thorough testing. 
you're stronger for it. Absolutely. <laughs> and Miriam, what you had a, a day that didn't go right for you in all these businesses? Um, one instance actually here I can relate to um, doing a fashion show here in New Orleans. Um, you know, uh, I work with a designer. Her name is Lisa Ayacano, um, and we put on a sh uh, the fashion shows here for New Orleans Fashion Week. Um, it's always high stress when you're dealing with so many models and you're forgetting things. You know, if you're forgetting undergarments, um, a model doesn't show up. You know, at the time of the last call, um, things like that. So, yeah, fashion can be very stressful. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's very fun. And you should never forget your undergarments. <laughs> that is that is something I I always tell people. They uh, and. And Marion, is there anything you're um, you're scared of? Is there any um, you know fear of fear of something? Fear of commitment? Fear of heights? Uh, anything that fear of hail? I you know, do. I, I do hate heights. Heights. Very much so. So um, it's been very hard for me to travel, especially getting on a plane. Um, so that in particular. Um, you one of those people that has a couple of drinks before you fly? Is that what? Put you over the top, or <laughs> it could help. Yeah, it <laughs> could help. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, I don't have any. Nothing really freaks me out too much. Well, that's probably why you've been able to hang in there this <laughs> well. Chris, anything that uh, scares you? The idea of setting out on my own and starting my own business used to be very scary. I was one of those people that thought, you know, it's always better to have health insurance and, right. and s have an employer and, and you have a stable job. So really making that jump and doing that, while it was something that always really attracted me. It also was very scary. So having gone through the kind of trials I've gone through over the past year, it's been, you know, I'm not scared of starting my own business anymore, obviously. So And things speeded up much faster than you thought they would. Oh, and, yeah, uh, absolutely. Can I ask you this question, actually, both of you? As, as I ask this sometimes to people who have started their business. What do you do about the healthcare uh, situation? What do you get for health insurance? What do you do since you're on your own? Um, luckily for me, um, I've been blessed to have been able to um, get linked up with a musician's clinic here in New oh, Orleans. Um, they sponsor mainly musicians, but also extend their services to artists. So uh, I feel very grateful for that opportunity. Oh, I didn't know that existed. What about yourself? You Self-employed health insurance turns out to be fairly affordable. Um, I've got a plan through Blue Cross Blue Shield, and um, it's been, you know, like the amount I pay for electricity. So it's, wow. it's not that much. So not forbidden. Yeah, oh, that's no, not at all. Not at all. And well, that's, that is, you know, a huge hurdle that people always think is, is insurmountable. But it turned out to be very affordable. I was visiting with a company the other day, and I asked about their insurance situation. They told me that they were self-insured. And I remember thinking, I think that's code for uninsured. I think that is really <laughs> what the, uh, I'm familiar with that term. They, they, now it's time to check the inbox. Our producer, Grant Morris, picks a question that's come in from a listener during the week. Uh, Grant, what have you got? Peter, I've got a question from somebody by the name of Ron Marsh that came to us on Facebook. This is a question for both of our guests, and perhaps for you too, Peter, actually be interested for you to weigh in on this. Ron asks, New Orleans' boom seems to be the result of people like you all moving here rather than independent economic conditions. Is that true? And if it is, what happens if people like you stop moving here or you all leave? I think we've got a culture that is embracing business more and more, and especially with startup culture and entrepreneur culture, uh, entrepreneurs tend to cluster. So if you have a group of people that move here and they start their own business and they prove successful, then that gets the attention of other people. Maybe people that are bored with Silicon Valley or New York, or they found um, like places like Houston aren't the best place to start a business if you want to do something really fun. Um, so what we're doing, hopefully, is showing everybody else that might be interested in New Orleans that they're coming. So even if people stop moving, I think we've got enough of a wave going 
Um, I don't see I don't see that happening. I don't see the wave uh, cresting, and I don't see people stopping moving here anymore. And Marianne, what about yourself? What do you think of? I agree. I mean, I think that um, New Orleans is indeed going through a Renaissance period, um, and young people, especially, are showing um, are becoming role models to other young people um, outside of the city, and showing that you know there is a way to survive that you don't have to work for a big corporation to be successful. And um, it's catching on. I think it's 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 putting on a social a social trend where you know we can find independence and. Um, I mean, that's why I moved here, and I think that it's only going to continue growing for um, different industries to continue coming and, and blossoming here, especially and fashion. Of course, it's always, uh, always been more of an entrepreneurial city. We've only had one Fortune 500 company, I mean, Entergy. I think the difference here now recently is you've, you had visitors, but it's, it's, it's stickier now, you know? People really want to come, and uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's terrific. It's got a lot of momentum. One of the things I see is at the university, I teach at Tulane, and um, used to be the entire class would leave after graduation. Now a big chunk of them think this is where the opportunity is. So that, that, part, is, uh, that part has been great. Uh, now's the time we take a look at our lunch money. Lunch money is our out-to-lunch stock portfolio. It has not been difficult to make money in the stock market recently. It continues to make, make new, new highs uh, almost every week. Um, interestingly enough, I still do not hear a lot of people talking about the stock market. I still uh, doesn't, It doesn't seem like it's hit some sort of uh, uh, <laughs> point where you're, you're being stopped at crawfish boils and cocktail parties. And, uh, and what we like to do is we like to have each of our guests pick a stock that we'll add to our lunch money uh, portfolio. And uh, Marion, I'll start with you. Which, which stock are you going to bring to us? Uh, well, keeping in line with fashion, I would select um, Swedish-based retailer H&M. Uh, H&M. Now, we see them in the U.S., right? Yes, several stores in the U.S. Um, um, and for two reasons. Uh, number one reason is uh, they are a successful company, expanding um, rapidly, internationally, um, and that's attributed to the fact that they have, um, they cater to uh, a widespread audience, you know, by offering um, women's wear, children's wear, men's wear, um, intimates, home apparel now. At good price points, right? They're at very affordable price points, you know, and they're designed for me. I haven't shopped there personally in two years since I left New York, but their design, their appeal, you know, is, is um, they have uh, nice quality. You know, they are on trend and they, they um, are a great company if you are shopping on a budget. Um, the second, secondly, um, I would say that they are changing the way that um, global retailers are doing business and with respect to what's going on um, with recent events, it's particularly in developing countries with retail manufacturing, they've established a foundation called Conscious, um, which uh, through that they're implementing practices that is um, geared towards water conservation. Um, they donate clothing, 3.2 million um, garments have been donated through their partnership with UNICEF and um, I just find it an interesting way to kind of um, steer other big uh, retailers in the direction that is socially responsible and practicing so good they, ethics. Now that you share their values I guess they yes. uh, it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's funny when I started in this investment business 35 years ago it was the very beginning of socially sensitive investing and uh, the idea that you shouldn't be in you know, companies that you're morally opposed to. And now I hear that more and more. I think this is, this is great. I, uh, Chris, what about you? What are you going to recommend? So when I knew I'd, I needed to make a pick, I actually looked up something we use at Aptitude every day. It's a, something called Heroku. It's a tool. Uh, every app we make is built on kind of this cloud-based framework. 
and we build that cloud-based framework on a tool called Heroku. So I was really excited. I was like, does Heroku have a, is it, are they doing an IPO? I was just trying to see if there's anything, and I didn't realize this, but they were bought by Salesforce oh, in wow. 2010. And Salesforce has just been dominating the headlines and everything they're doing. They just launched something called social.com. So they're really kind of ahead of their game in terms of technology, and they're really taking off with just building tools that businesses use for marketing and sales. And uh, with Heroku, from a developer's perspective, that was a really smart move. Um, so while you can't invest directly in Heroku, I think investing in Salesforce, since they own it, is a, a very, very good move. That would be the, the parent company. So. Uh uh, Marianne Rodriguez, Chris Boyd, you're both great examples of the exciting new world of entrepreneurship that's changing the face of New Orleans business. You would both be great additions to any community that you chose to live in. Um, thanks for moving here. Uh, and thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch today. You guys have been great. Great examples. The, uh, my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Marianne Angeli Rodriguez. Uh, she's founder of Marquette Nola and Chris Boyd, founder of Aptitude. To find out more about Chris's apps or Marianne's fashion illustrations and designs, follow the links on our sites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our web designer and digital guru is Dr. Cliff Brigden. The heavenly Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. On our website, itsneworleans.com, you can join our mailing list and keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter. You can listen to past shows or get this show as a podcast on itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, and Eris Studio monitors, and more. More information about Baton Rouge-based PreSonus is online at PreSonus.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. I look forward to meeting you again for Out to Lunch around the table here at Commander's Palace. Till then, be well, be safe, be happy. Bye-bye. Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937. Now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc.